Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Like the, we, we talked about that arbitrage thing. Mm -hmm. And for, for the listeners who don't know, what you do is you, um, you don't need to own the real estate property, but you just call up the landlord and say, hey, man, um, this sounds crazy, but I'm going to like rent your property out on, on Airbnb as a short-term rental. But the cool thing is I'm going to clean it up every other day for you. This is a story about a dude named Lane. Then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. That, you know, there was a business on top of real estate. And uh, it just, yeah, I don't know, it's something about it just struck me as, as something that I wanted to try out and do. And in one of the benefits was, of course, you know, higher return, um, you know, from a cash flow standpoint couple of things that kind of come to mind that people have told me is, you know, you're working with better people. You don't have to worry about people not paying because they will, they pay up front. Right. Um, you don't have to worry about that cap, that payment system because the websites kind of do it for you. Although you should probably try and wean yourself off of the platforms and build your own clientele. But then the nice thing is like when, when, you know, in my world, when the phone rings, it's usually something bad, right? Something's broken and you got to pay 500 bucks or a couple thousand mm -hmm. bucks. But every time your phone rings, it's like, it's for something happy, right? Like you get that yeah. coming up. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny. Cause I think my, my wife has, so, so my wife does the day-to-day -day communications um, and she's excellent at it, communicating with the guests. And, and the, the amazing thing is, is really you could, you could do it over your smartphone. And a lot of people do it remotely as long as they have a team in place. Um, so, so my wife will have a specific ringtone. And when it, when it rings, it's, it's, you know, it's usually a, a notification from Airbnb and VRBO, <laughs> oftentimes a booking. So I'm like, did you just get a booking? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of an ongoing joke for us. So, so, so some of the bad things are, you know, here in Hawaii, um, you know, the local people can't buy houses. So there's big government legislature to kind of block this stuff in non-tourist areas, which I think is probably the right thing that should happen. If not, you know, it's going to draw, drive the price of homes up because people are just going to try and buy short-term rentals in Hawaii. And then all the locals get displaced even more. But, you know, what, what are some of the downsides you're, you're seeing? Like the, we, we talked about that arbitrage thing mm -hmm. and for for the listeners who don't know what you do is you um you don't need to own the real estate property but you just call up the landlord and say hey man um this sounds crazy but i'm gonna like rent your property out on on airbnb as a short-term rental but the cool thing is i'm gonna clean it up every other day for you and, and some people are doing that and you know the benefit of that is you know, you can offer that landlord some kind of a premium, right? You know, let's say their unit rents for 2000 a month, you know, you can offer them 2200 and they know they're, they're going to have 100% occupancy. Um, so, so there are certainly benefits to, to the landlord when you do it that way. I would say um, if you do it, let's say, you know, my way, so to speak. So, so if you have one house that's your own, that you are already Airbnb, I think your ability to convince a landlord that you know what you're doing is going to be higher. Because if I want to go in and now move into that rental arbitrage game, I don't just talk to a renter or to a landlord and try and convince him. I can shoot him over, 
you know, my listings that are currently there, which are amazing luxury listings, I can have him come to my house and tour it and see exactly how clean and well taken care of it is. And so I think if, if, if you want to do that game, it, it might even be to your benefit to start off with one that you own um, and get that under your belt. And then you can, you know, move on and, and rental arbitrage the others. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that kind of concerns me and from like, you know, when I look into investments, I like investments that aren't available to the general public. Mm -hmm. um, the arbitrage thing is definitely available to the, the kid that lives in their mother's basement. Um, at some point, the kids in their mother's basement army will find about, out about this and start doing it. Um, but what are the risks that you kind of see that, that they're maybe concerning for someone who's kind of in the business as opposed to me that just kind of. Sure. So, so I think one risk obvious, you know, as you kind of alluded to is, is the risk with government regulation. Um, and so you want to be very, very smart about how you do that. Um, for example, I'm in Texas. My, my uh, Airbnbs are here in Texas and the Texas Supreme court last year passed a ruling that cited with homeowners and property rights um, and saying that HOAs cannot take away your ability to do a short-term rental. Um, so stuff like that's important. Um, the other risk is, is, as you mentioned, is the risk of the platforms. Um, so not being completely beholden to Airbnb or VRBO or some of the other platforms. So what we're in the process of doing right now is moving to uh, some software that will streamline our ability to take bookings directly on our own website. And so I've already kind of have a plan in place about reaching out to some local businesses and letting them know that our house is available and offering discounts and, and doing things that way. So to give an example, we had somebody book from, you know, from the local church um, and we, they booked through the platform, but we found out that they were coming for a church conference. So I can go to that local church and say, Hey, you know, you can book directly here. I'll give your members, you know, 10% off with this promo code. There are a couple of new hospitals that are coming into the area. We've had um, families who have had kids coming in for surgery. They're coming from out of town for surgery. They're coming with other kids. They don't want to stay a week in a hotel when they're tending to a kid that's just had surgery. They want a home. Um, and so we're able to, to provide that for them. So, uh, so there's different ways to take away some of those risks. But I think the really long-term picture is that short-term rental is here to stay. I think it, it, provides, um, it provides a different need. So for example, I've got three small kids. When we travel on vacation, I don't want a hotel room. I want a house because I want to be able to put my small kid into a different room, put him off to sleep when, when he's ready for sleeping and still be able to enjoy the home. I want to have a kitchen where we can cook and, and defray some of those costs of traveling and just have a home cooked meal. So I think short, the short-term rental game uh, is here to stay. Now it might go through some, some regulation. It might go through some changes in law. Um, but, but I think this, this gig, gig economy, once, once people see what's available, um, I, I, you know, I don't think there's any going back. Um, and it, it'd be interesting to look at some of the numbers you were talking about, the concerns about driving prices up. I think what will happen is eventually it's, it's a supply and demand thing, right? You're, you're going to find an equilibrium um, because that's the way free markets work. Um, you know, in my local area, I think there's about 100 homes that are on Airbnb right now. And there's, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of homes 
you know, that are available and that number is growing. So, so I think probably for most large markets, if you, if you look at the actual numbers, the, the number of properties that are on short-term rental, they, they get a lot of publicity in the news, but it's probably a very small percentage of the actual um, available stock of homes. Right. I, I think you and I were, are quite extreme markets, right? Like, I mean, Dallas is very pro, pro business. It mm-hmm. makes sense that they'd be all for this. Whereas I think Hawaii, very different, very conservative. The hotel industry is very strong. Um, you know, I, some things I look at, like, and if you follow like, like how Asia's, you know, Airbnb in Asia is being done. I mean, there a lot of places are just flat out blocking it because I, I think, I think there it's like the wealth gap is a lot larger in America. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1% is just way more stronger than everybody else, more so than here. And they're, they're just going to be kind of like how you're, you're doing. Well, we're just going to go buy a bunch of properties, drive the prices up and the locals can't even buy it anyway. And just yeah. up on them. Um, be interesting how this all plays out, right? Like, yeah, it is interesting because I think you, you block it and, and it'll go underground. Like, you know, I've been reading on different sites related to short-term industry about software coming out where, you know, your house isn't even posted on Airbnb during quote unquote working hours when the city officials are there scouring the listing. So, <laughs> so it's, it's such a cat and mouse game. Um, I think in the end, they'll find a way to, you know, make it, you know, put in some meaningful laws that protect, you know, protect people that need to be protected, protect the, the, the local um, neighborhoods. Um, but at the same time, allow this to be done in a, you know, in a way that is, you know, meaningful and beneficial. I mean, I agree with you. Whenever I go traveling, I go Airbnbs. I mean, yeah. I don't want to pay, you know, $300 for a hotel and then on the $100 resort fee. I mean. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.